Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They is buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. The bass seems extra bassy with the intro to Kentucky Roll Call this morning. Good morning. Happy Monday to you. April 10th, 2023. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Radio. It's just setting the tone for for this week. It's going to be a fun week of radio. Hopefully you had a great Easter weekend for those that celebrate. Weather yesterday was amazing. And hopefully you were able to get out and enjoy it a little bit. Maybe spend some time with friends or family or just to yourself. Getting to do what you wanted to do. Maybe it involved watching the Masters. Maybe it involved watching some some college baseball or professional baseball. Whatever it may be, welcome in. We got a fun show planned for you today. Text on into the Thornton's text line. Stop in at Thornton's to get your week started off the right way. Nick Roush, how you doing? How was your weekend? Tell everybody all about it. I also should have mentioned maybe some horse racing this weekend as well. Oh, a lot going on. That's what uh, that's what I was doing Saturday. Saturday, he was playing the ponies at Keeneland. Uh, not doing great, but not doing terrible. You know, leaving with money. Uh, just even Steven, right? Uh, so not a bad day. Uh, I, I probably watched the least amount of Masters I've ever watched, though. I, I regret to say, because every time I had sort of uh, – teed things up to be ready to watch, there was a rain delay. Uh, and then on Sunday, Sunday, you know, we were doing Easter activities, and then I'm driving back to Kentucky. And so I uh, didn't get didn't get to watch a, a whole lot, um, aside from Saturday morning when it was – they were playing through the rain and it looked miserable. And I – watching them struggle through the elements, it just makes me like – just makes me not yeah it makes me happy I, I was i was i was a little little happy inside just being like ah oh, uh, they're just like us they they suck too so um but no it was it was still a lot of fun this weekend even though i didn't get to watch a ton of masters had a lot of easter egg hunts uh, a lot of uh, play time with cousins um duke learned how to use a seesaw so that was uh he he had never seesawed before um so that means naturally there was at least one or two uh, injuries on the dismount so sometimes they'll, they'll get you they'll get you uh fortunately he did not go on the uh he stayed away from the merry-go-round the the big the spinning wheel of death um if you if you've ever seen one of those those things 
especially with the bigger kids, they get going 100 miles an hour. Those They can be deadly. But um, only had tears at one Easter egg hunt. So all in all, um, a, a pretty great weekend, if I do say so myself. Well, good. That, that's that's great to hear. Yeah, the, the Masters coverage was a little a little different with the weather and having to, to get so much in yesterday. But I did watch a, a decent amount yesterday up until it was a runaway. It ended up not having too much drama towards the end, which I was worried about. It ended up happening. And Scoots, how about your boy John Rom? Woohoo! Yeah, buddy. You gave me all this crap about betting the top three guys. Who's laughing now? I got the money, baby! Yeah, you, you misunderstood the crap that you received for, for betting the top three guys. Uh, so explain it. I mean, I, I got the win, so that's all that matters, right? Yeah, it, it, it's just like when you feel like you've got like a hot take and you just take the top three guys off the board, it's not a hot take. Anybody can bet the top three guys any and every tournament. Sure, but I, I mean, I didn't say it for it to be a, t- a hot take. That's just what I do every tournament that they're all in. Yeah, that's my, that was the whole point. Is that like it's not you're not really do you're not really reinventing the wheel taking the top three guys each tournament. That was the whole point. It wasn't that it was a bad bet. It was like yeah, it's a it's a there's a reason why you don't get any juice on it. That's why you you only won forty six dollars on that. I, bet. But plus eight fifty is pretty good juice. If I had a bankroll like you in your DraftKings account and I was throwing twenty fifty bucks on it, that that would have been pretty handsome. It's a bankroll like me. It, 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 you're, talking about, you're talking about an extra $10 bet than what you made. Um, no, it, 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 I, in Scoots, I, I wanted to see what angle you're going to take, and it was an offensive one. It, it, it shows what, maybe what kind of mood you're in today. Because who, who was the genius on Friday that told you exactly how the tournament was going to play out? Exactly I, how it was going to play out. And I thought you were going to uh, – Maybe you just didn't want to make the drive to Indiana, but I thought that was the the route you were going to go. I was just like, well, I'm already pretty invested in it. I'm just going to let my my guys ride. And you you did you nailed it, TJ. That was the, everything that happened that you said would happen happened. So well done, well done. Thank you. Now, unfortunately, I did not get to Indiana. And I did not bet it. So Scooch was the only one who capitalized off having good John Rom feelings. Over this weekend, but Burks Kepka wasn't going to go win the man. Come on, he wasn't going to go win the Masters. I call that. I know he ended up coming in second. He had a good tournament. He had a good run. I was impressed by the live guys. And if you had told me the live guys had a good showing, and Dustin Johnson wasn't one of them, I, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But I, I was, I was surprised. I was not expecting that. I guess shout out to them. But Phil being um, top five was the most shocking. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I that was ended up being a really weird kind of final board there, but unfortunately, not didn't come down to the final holes. It was pretty clear, and especially if there's anybody that was going to have a multi-stroke lead late that wasn't going to to choke it away, it was probably going to be John Rob. So didn't end up having the the most exciting finish on your Easter Sunday, but he he was the Ooh. best golfer throughout the tournament. A weird tournament, weird Masters. Unless you had uh, Colin Markawa in the top ten, and man, he squeaked in there. There was there, there was some some top ten drama if you had uh, some wagers on that, because a lot of people uh, around that line, uh, the Gala, that dude came out of nowhere with a nice little sixty-seven on Sunday. Uh, there's a name that I'm going to have to start paying attention to because that guy uh, turns out he's pretty pretty good at golf. 
pretty good at golf. One, one I'll be watching and keeping close tabs on in the future. Yeah, a lot of people fell fell in love with him during that Netflix show. He had a, he had a good episode there. But uh, congrats to you, Scoot, on on your bets. Even if they are favorites, there's a reason there's favorites because uh, they're good. They're really good. And he uh, John Rahm has been really dominant as of late. He's he's been as good as anybody else. Probably him and Scheffler right up there at the top. So. There you the, go. Uh, There's your Masters. And that's, why and that's why I'll keep betting them every single week during the tournaments. You, 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 do, you, you keep doing it. I might need to take Rory off the board, though. Man, he's been stinking. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, that was a disappointing tournament for him. Everybody was like, he came in second last year. I think this is the year. I was like, probably more likely he just means he's probably due for a pretty bad year. Yeah, bad for a stink. And, um... Uh... He definitely delivered a stinker. There, there's no doubt about that. Um, what, what wasn't great, Bob? Wasn't great. It was pretty great, though, that uh, we did get a nice little football integration. It was a nice crossover for the NFL fans because um, Zach Ertz was the ultimate jinxy cat. Uh, he, he sent a text. I guess it was a group message that he was in with John Rom and was it Travis Kelsey, or it, it was it was like a random group of NFL guys in John Rom, and Ertz said, "Wow, uh, that green is is looking nice and nice and easy right there. It looks like a birdie on hole one, nice and straight." And Rom goes and four puts it. So Rom like called him out in the the post match press conference for being a jinxy cat, and I think that's that's a hundred percent appropriate, hundred percent appropriate. If you if you're going to be a jinxy cat, you deserve to be called out on it. I didn't I didn't see that. So what did what did Rom say? He just was like, uh, I you know, um, yeah. Uh, he he shared the story. Long story short, and just was like, well, uh, glad that didn't ruin my round. Something along those lines was the punchline. But uh, Zach Ertz did tweet out the text message, and um, it was it's funny. He said I, I didn't mean to play like us uh yeah it was jj watt was in the the group chat uh was the other guy and he texted uh jj and he said i said pretend you're playing with us not like you're playing like us <laughs> yeah classic yeah that's pretty good good well yeah. good yeah well text out into the third and sex line we had some over the weekend we're going to get into uh that see that's disappointing that's why you know it, it ended up not being the, the, the best masters you're ever going to get when it's about 15 minutes in and it's like, all right, well, we're probably, probably moving past that. Not, not really sure what more you can, you can say about it. Tiger. It's good that he made the cut. It's yep. like, it's always tough with tiger. You can have, you can always just go down a different rabbit hole of takes there, but making the cut Again, you can look at it. He made the cut. Rory didn't make the cut. He obviously is still good. Like you know, he's still good enough to to do some impressive things on on the tour. But is he? It's been a while since he's really been in contention. Obviously, all the injuries to his body, and then unable to complete the round round three after making the cut and and looked in, to be in a great deal of pain. So you just yeah, I don't. It, it, it's it's tough to watch. You know, he maybe tried to rush back a little bit so he could be able to compete here. But how how, how is he ever? Let alone 
winning tournaments, how is he going to be able to to finish tournaments? Maybe the end of Tiger Woods. Well, I two, two, two. I mean, I for one, if you're if you're feeling a little banged up, he he made the cut. I'm not saying he went there and that was he accomplished what he needed to do, but he proved he he can still be there, right? But he wasn't 100 percent like you said. He rushed it, and with all the rain delay stuff, he was gonna have to play what like 27 holes or more on Sunday. So it's like you know what? Why? He he knew he wasn't gonna win. Why why mess with what your your foot stuff even more? Like let's just go ahead, take the day off. Well, we appreciated you keeping that streak alive, Tiger. So uh, I, I'm I, I totally get it, man. Quote, quote while you're ahead, ain't that right, Scoots? If it wasn't for the massive amount of holes on Sunday, and say the weather cooperated on Saturday, you think he drops out? They were right. talking about they were talking about how just. Like his body, it's uh, you know older people's bodies, people's bodies that have been through a lot. They're like he needs to, his body needs to warm up. He needs to be hot blooded. He needs to be moving. He needs to be sweating. And if he's cold, his body may not really react the way it's supposed to to stretching and to moving around. They were talking about how the cold weather would be like quite literally the worst thing for him, and ended up being one of the coldest masters that they've had in a really long time. Yeah, so, that, that's kind of answer your question, Scooch. Is probably maybe not. That's kind of what I was thinking because when I was watching on, I guess it was Thursday, and he was sweating like crazy. He actually played pretty dang good on Thursday, and then watching him on Saturday when it was cold and rainy, it was painful. I mean, watching him walk from shot to shot was almost uncomfortable for me. It's hard. To, it's hard to see, but I, I, I definitely think there's something to that. Scoots could feel that sciatica. Yeah. No party, kidding, you know. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't. Again, like he for two days, he was he was good enough to to be better than a lot of really other good golfers. But after that, weather took a turn. He was unable to to stay competitive there. And who who knows the next time you see him? You just seems like he goes out there, plays, gets hurt. You don't see him again for a while. Plays, gets hurt, don't see him for a while. So who knows when you'll you'll get to see Tiger, but there's plenty of other really good golfers. Golf seems to be pretty healthy sport. You did have the live drama a little bit, just kind of having them compete a little bit. You had 36 holes with Brooks and Rob, and there was a little – you thought maybe that could be a storyline, but they, they, they went in different directions rather quickly on Sunday, and then Rob gets the, the comfortable win. Gets his green jacket, and we we move on with golf. That's what's what do we got next? The U.S. I believe so. Well, uh, PGA is right after Mother's Day. Yeah, PGA. There, that's that's what yeah. I correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, PGA already, U.S. British. I'm already geared up for Valhalla next year, which this I know we talked about that already, but uh, the ads are popping up more and more, and they're using a lot of Justin Thomas in those ads. <laughs> oh, it's Ad City USA, and yeah. they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, I did. I, I mentioned though, just playing the horses on Saturday, and gosh, that's I just I just want to just want to bet horses all day. That's all I want to do. The weather's going to be beautiful, man. It's, it's got me fired up. Got me fired up. Uh, I found a new um, – I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of 
Twin Spires, the the betting service, just like I I just don't like the app. It's not a good interface. But I learned that if you visit them on your computer, I guess they could do it with your phone too. But like I'm an old man and programs really tiny words. But you can get uh, past performances, PPs on uh, if you just have a Twin Spires account. They give them free to all the tracks. I know Keenan's giving them away for free on their website. Just from here on out, you can download and online for one for free. Just so nice being able to handy, like take a look yourself, handicap what you like in the race, and then kind of look and see what the, the other folks are saying. So uh, just, just a little tip out there if you're wanting to get in the spirit. For me, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, like pitchers and catchers reporting. You know, you've just got to – just got to play the ponies a little bit to, to kind of see the fastball, see him go out of the gate a little bit. I made a really big, dumb, idiot, dumb mistake where I was just like, you know what? Um, I like this Brad Cox favorite, and I like this long shot. I'll just do a $5 exacta. We'll try to go big because I know Brad's horse is going to win. Well, my dumb ass didn't box it, and the up the <laughs> Brad's horse tried to catch it at the wire, was a neck short, and if I would have just spent – $10 instead of $5 on an exacta, it would have paid like 300 And instead, I'm a loser because I'm an idiot. And I, 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 I made a dumb idiot mistake. So I got my dumb idiot mistakes out of the way and um, enjoyed some good. The, the three derby prep races on Saturday were freaking awesome. And I know you all probably aren't much in the go back and watch the replays, but all three of them were heated battles down the stretch. Tap it trice in the bluegrass stakes. Um, I'm impartial to Tappets because uh, my college roommate, his mother is the manager of the barn, that the farm that Tappet works at. So always been a big Tappet guy. Like I lived on his freaking farm for a few summers. So uh, I didn't know that horse had it in him. It went, it made a move up the back stretch uh, from like the back of the pack to the middle and then went five wide around the first turn. And I'm like, there's no way this horse has any more left in him. And uh, verifying had a lot of good speed, but it just, no, it battled, man. It freaking battled. Uh, ended up winning by about a neck over verifying. Pretty good field. The Santa Anita race was pretty good, too, where uh, Practical Move, who was the favorite, just like held on by a nose with three other challengers. And that's, that's usually like a runaway boring race because the California horses, they're, they'll have like four or five horses in this race. They had nine. It was a good field. Practical Move held off. And the reason that, that – the, the moral of the story for me, if you like Forte, if you think Forte is the best of the bunch, like those horses, practical move and tap it trice, you're going to get a lot of money. And the what what you might have thought would be like a five to two, two to one favorite in Forte, like it could be close to three horses at the the top of the Kentucky Derby board uh, on that first Saturday in May. So we're going to get some good prices. It's going to be exciting. Um, and one of them, the, the wind memorial, that one could have, we could have had another one enter the, the chat, if you will, towards the top of the leaderboard. But uh, Hot Shot, I think is his name, uh, the favorite, it was like three horses all bumping and pushing and shoving. It was sandwiched in between and ended up losing to a 59 to 1 horse. <laughs> so that was a, a heck of a heck of a race down the wire. Three great races. Uh, help, helping me catch that derby spirit. So uh, if you aren't in it, it's going to be a beautiful week. Great time to get it out, out to Keeneland. Friday's the Maker's Mark Mile. So uh, it's just just beautiful time in the bluegrass right now. I'm, I'm fired up. I'm, get, I'm getting in the derby mood. Scoots has had plenty of miles, wa- Maker maker Mark miles. Right, right Scoots? Uh, incorrect. 
Couldn't couldn't really think of uh, a more clever alliteration, but but that's all right. You everybody got where I was going there. Yeah, yeah. We, we are in Roush horse talking season, everybody. I know. Sometimes I just get going and I I don't stop. Uh, you know, and I had to get it out. I had to exercise that muscle. I realized at one point Saturday, it's like, man, all I want to do is just talk and bet more horses. Um, I got I got my Derby fit. I, I did I did that this weekend. Oh, that's exciting! I already, yeah. I already got your threads picked out. Oh yeah, um, this actually was this morning completing, putting together the final pieces of, to my ensemble. What? Uh, what are you, are you? When will you be out at the track derby week? Definitely Friday, Saturday, maybe Thursday as well. I'm, I'm hoping for Thursday. Just kind of depends on babysitting. Yeah, you know how how that all works out. Friday, Stephen Peake is going to join me. Uh, and bring his camera. So we're going to do um, God knows what in the infield. So come find me. Wow. So th- Friday and Saturday in the f- infield for Roush. Yeah. Yeah. Should be, should be a great time. I'm already, I'm already fired up. Yeah. Are you, what are you going to have left in the tank on Saturday? Many people are wondering. Oh, I've always got plenty left in the tank on Saturday. Okay. All right. Well, that'll be fun. I don't know if I, I don't think as of right now, I have any plans to be out there any days, although I'd like to get out there at least one day, although not it's Saturday, weird. not Saturday. So it's I, weather dependent, you know, um, I have a lot of friends who are just taking Thursday and cause you can do the all inclusive on Thursday for like a hundred bucks instead of, you know, however much they charge. Uh, it's just they cut off the all you can eat and drink at I want to say four, so you just you you kind of have your you, I think you make all your money back with the free beers until about four or five o'clock whenever the cutoff is. Gotcha. I now they the local day is Tuesday, right? That's what they're branding it as. Um, how much will five people o- pick five it up? Two day. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, a lot of it's just going to be how nice is the weather. Um, you know, it's a big driver uh, in crowds early on in the week. Because, some, you know, your Friday and your Oaks and Derby Day plans are kind of set in stone, I feel like, for most people. The rest of the day, it's just kind of just week just depends on, all right, is it going to be nice? Because I don't really want to sit in the rain and, and watch races on just a regular old Monday, Tuesday or whatever. Yeah, and when they, they when they wanted to move the local day to Tuesday, because it, it used to be Oaks was for the locals, and then Thurby, and we're starting to get squeezed out of Thurby, not starting to, maybe have been squeezed out of Thurby. So it seemed like they just wanted to say, let's just bypass Wednesday, let's just make it Tuesday, and then boom, that'll kind of be like the day that the locals can go and, and have a good time. But I just realized that they, they're calling it 502 day because it will be May 2nd, Oh, but it won't always, that Tuesday of Derby Week's not always going to be May second, Rash. What are they going to? What are they going to? Is it going to be five hundred one day one year? Five hundred three day? At least they're getting it off on the right foot. I mean, they have a nice. Oh, it's like excuse. good. Yeah, good branding just to start, and yeah. everybody be like, "Yeah, well, Tuesday's five hundred two day, and this year it's on five hundred three. <laughs> oh, nothing like a good. Uh... 505 Derby, too. And we're right, Scoots. We, we, we all know that's your favorite holiday. 5-5? Five, five? Oh, yeah. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Scoots. We've got a 5-6 Derby this year, though. Oh, Cinco de Oxo. <laughs> 
TJ, you went to a local sporting event this weekend. How was it? Yeah, uh, took took Lucy to her first Louisville City game on Saturday. Uh, it was awesome. I, I was like probably watched the the least soccer of a game that I've gone to ever. Didn't didn't really watch a great deal of the game, but I was okay with that. But they need to do more afternoon games throughout the yes. season. Yes, because they it was a great setup for kids. I was like. Even Lucy's under two, even for a kid under two, it was an awesome setup. They have a ton of just places where, like, a kid can run around and not really have to worry about them getting hurt. They had, like, a bunch of bouncies and stuff like that, a huge play area. They had a big playground. It was a great top. Weather was, was, was nice as well, and uh, it was good getting out there. And then I'm sure some game or some time will probably – we didn't. We just bought like supporter standing tickets because we knew that it was probably just going to be like a run around situation, and we weren't even mm-hmm. sure how long we were going to end up staying. Although, I ended up getting to stay the, the whole game because she nice. was entertained and and having fun. But I'm sure some game will probably buy seats and, and sit down and, and do that sort of stuff. But this one was just a strict, just let her kind of run around and play, and she loved it. She she had a blast. So. So we had a blast, and it was a lot of fun, and they got the win. So many people are saying, I'm I'm the good luck charm. I think they are saying that, and you're exactly right. We do need more. Just need more Saturday afternoons. 730 is tough for the for the kiddos. And they had like 95, 9,600 people there. So, you know, good crowd. Good crowd well, when, you, when you put them in the afternoons. I know in the summer you can't always do right, smack dad yeah. middle of 3 p.m. Yeah, in August. That's a bad idea, but... Uh, at least leading into it because there's just other stuff to do on Saturday night. Whereas like, if you tell me, Oh, I can go to a Louisville city game at three and then go get dinner somewhere nearby downtown. Like that's a, and then I'm in bed by nine. Like that's, that's the perfect night for me. Sign me up. And I, I, I'm sure that they have people paid to like look into stuff like this, but it doesn't really make sense to me. I understand that you need to have a good chunk of your games at night. It's a fun social event for people that you, you, you can't strictly cater to families and stuff like that. Totally yes. understand it. But I just think if you in July or June or in August, every so often, instead of having a Saturday 730 game, you did like a Saturday 11 a.m. And you just yeah. kind of like cater to like the local families of Louisville and, and Southern Indiana. You, you and even brand it as family day, like a modern. Oh, you, they they would just be like you know? there'd be thousands of screaming kids. There's a ton of kids we're, there on Saturday. I mean, we're gonna have home. bouncy houses in mm-hmm. the that little because they had that on this past Saturday. But nice, like, nice. if you're trying to beat the heat, I think they should maybe just consider going the total opposite direction, having very early games. Oh, and yeah. then families can be like, hey, yeah. that's what we'll do. We'll, we'll swing by. We'll go breakfast, swing by the game, and then we'll head on into our day. We're already up at 6 a.m. anyway. So, true. boom. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Oh, so that was nice. Lunchtime. Yeah. It was a great weekend. A lot of fun. Easter egg hunt. She, the daughter just dominated for – Really impressive. Although I didn't, I remember the Easter egg hunt when I was a kid. Here's an old man take. Everybody buckle up. Yep. You had to really work to find the eggs. Nowadays, they're just everywhere. I mean, there's eggs just, you, you, you like man. step on them, you break them. I, so when, I would just remember as a kid, it was like you maybe were getting like five eggs, six eggs, enjoy your pieces of candy if you can find them. The, the spread that you showed me. Uh, from B 
Big Springs was very yes. It was it was actually I would even say it was lame because it was like you said, just they were like landmines that you were just no way, no way you could step and not hit one. Where I I understand that from like if you're only doing little kids like if you're staggering them out right and it's like okay well let the little kids get the easy ones um, totally get that but. Yeah, you you got to make it more difficult. I, in fact, that that was a game we played on Friday where first I hid the eggs from the nephews and they they struggled for the last four or five of them. You know, we made some a few easier than others, but then uh, the the six year old he decided, okay, he made it hard on me. Now let's go inside. I'm going to hide the eggs, and you got to find them, Uncle Nick. And so, and I'll tell you what, he did a good job hiding them. There was there was one. That like really, it, it really irked me. I like it took me a long time to find, and they weren't leaving until I found it. And if I wanted to get some peace and quiet, I had to find the damn egg. And man, it was it was a challenge. It was a challenge. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I'm glad you brought this up, Roush, because I actually got kicked off of egg hiding duty on Friday night. So I hid eggs for my nephews as well. They are seven and nine. This is the second year I have hid eggs for them. Last year was impossible. I mean, they, they couldn't find anything. We had to give them, we had to play the freaking hot and cold game so they could find these damn eggs. And then this year, I'm like, all right, they're a little older. I'm, I'm going to hide them somewhat difficult. I was like covering them with leaves and stuff. They didn't find any. I, I mean, we played hot and cold the whole night to find all these freaking eggs. So I got kicked off of egg hiding duty. Can never do it again. Oh, no, Scooch. How do you feel about that? I'm actually really happy. I I may or may not have done that on purpose because I freaking hate hiding eggs. Whoa, I I do. I hate it so much because I I do it like I want to make it impossible, you know, like I want this to take as long as possible for them to track down all these eggs. But then you've got mama sweeping in and she's like, oh, this is too hard. Let's help them. And so we have to help them. And then it doesn't last nearly as long as it should. So I make it hard on purpose, but not everybody appreciates that. Huh. Kid, kids these days, am I right? No kidding. Lazy. I'd, I'd like to think they were like, "Hey, Justin, we're gonna need you. Do you mind sitting down? We, we want to. You can you can put the X down. We want to talk to you about something." <laughs> I think this year we're gonna go in a different direction with the Easter egg hunt. Well, we're gonna take uh, we're gonna take our first break, but to bring it, you know how these first segments usually go. As wild of a weekend as it may have been during your Easter, we are very confused in UK world because it was wilder. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe you have to go totally outside and find new players. Uh, maybe not. Maybe now it's just UK is going to be returning. Basically it's exact same front court from last season. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. Things changed a lot over the weekend. Uh, changed a lot. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about it. This is Kentucky roll call on big exports radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Taylor. Oh, oh. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Don't ever leave me. Ever. Good. Because I'd find you. (laughs) 
Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Here on your Monday post-Easter. Hope you had a good weekend. Appreciate you tuning in and listening. Yeah, it was a it was a great weekend for me, the Louisville City game on Saturday. And Roush able to get out and, and golf. It made me think of the Big X Sports Radio golf card when I was out on the links yesterday. Oh, you lucky dog. That's a great master Sunday. Um, and you can have a great Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, any day of the week you want to golf by playing the Big X Sports Radio golf card. It's a great way to see different courses in the area. Maybe you haven't seen before. Elk Run, Wooded View, Capital, Old Capital. Maybe travel on down I-65 to check out Park Mammoth Golf Club. And they've got tons to choose from. The best part is on the Big X Sports Radio Golf Cart, when you buy and you play these rounds, it's only going to cost you less than $25 per round. It's an amazing deal. And I, I can't think of a better way to spend a, a weekend then enjoy and get my ticket punched with a big X Sports Radio golf cart. Yeah, it's just good value. If you're a golfer, you like checking out different courses, checking out nice courses. This is the perfect gift either for yourself or maybe for that person in your life. Go ahead and call 812-725-1457. 812-725-1457. You will. You'll get to play Park Mammoth, Old Capital Golf Club, Elk Run, Valley View, Wooded View, Christmas Lake, under $25 around cart included 812-725-1457 or bigexportsradio.com. And as someone who plays all those courses, I just want to stress just how good of a value it is. Park Mammoth is over $60 to play. Valley View and Old Capital are usually around 50. So, you're telling me that I can play those for under $25 around. That is a steal. Absolute steal. It is. It is. Take advantage of it today. There is a limited supply when they sign up for these golf cards. So go ahead and lock yours in. And again, really good, really good gift given opportunity because you ain't just given one round of golf. You're given multiple, multiple rounds, uh, beautiful, beautiful courses throughout the area. So check it out today at bigexportsradio.com. All right, Roush. Wild weekend is UK. Go get Hunter Dickinson. You're not going to have you got a Kingsley. Oscar Shibway is leaving. Well, maybe he's not leaving. And the way things ended Sunday night was, hey, you got a Kingsley on Enzo. There's a, there's a decent chance he's going to be back at UK. And then the way Kyle Tucker told it, Oscar Shibway could also be back at UK. As a matter of fact, if Kyle Tucker was a betting man, he said that that's where he put his money with Oscar returning to UK. So where it looked like we were panicking a little bit, uh, this radio show specifically, where we were just talking about you can't let it just be Bradshaw and Ware. And if it's that, then that's not okay. Well, now, Roush, it could be a really similar – it could be last year's front court, but replace Toppin with Bradshaw. And that, 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 could, that could be your group, which it, it, you still would have some questions. You would, I, I, I think more of the questions would default to roster minutes, I guess, minute management. But fascinating how quickly things change. What's your take on everything? I um, would just like to say, too, that there's, it's funny how this stuff happens where 
the momentum kind of builds. And uh, my former ex-boss even tweeted it. He was off last week, and he was like, uh, where's all this Oscar buzz coming from? Because it, it, it felt like it was coming out of nowhere. But when you, whenever there's, there's smoke, it's because there's a fire. You just can't talk about the fire, right? Um, so when Zags put out the Uganda report, then Jack and Travis were like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is probably going to happen. Uganda's probably going to come back. So because essentially what it came down to is uh, Uganda definitively did not want to leave. And now that the, he's in the portal and the handlers are looking around and saying, oh, um, what, what, what do we got out here? Well, there's not as much out there as they expected. Like, there's a difference between what they're telling you in the portal and the open market versus actually dollars in hand. So it's uh, I, I I love it. I love it. I do love that I'm going to have to fight the good fight to get uh, like on the Oscar side. If Oscar does come back, there's there's just going to be a He's going to get some sort of severe Wheeler treatment, right? Where it's like, do we actually want him back? And the thing is, is like we we can, we can get into it, TJ. I think all of that, no, like all of the the hand wringing about Oscar's poor passing and his bad pick and roll defense, just the pros outweigh the cons because he's going to get twenty rebounds a game. And in the second half of the season, you know your biggest offensive counterpoints for him was like, well, he just clogs up the lane. They moved him out of the lane and. I think you actually can see a scenario where they're they would play Oscar at the four with Uganda at the five, and I know that like freaks out all the modern basketball folks. But if Uganda is good enough, if he improves enough to be a good shot blocker in there, and Oscar continues to knock down that fifteen foot jump shot, then I don't think it matters. I don't think they're trying to have all this clogged up. So I I'm excited because. Uh, mostly because we had a, a last week happen where you had conceivably the the two or three biggest big men out there, and Kentucky wasn't getting much traction. Things happen not as fast as they used to in the transfer portal, but things happen rather quickly. I don't know if Ware's committed to Indiana or not, but it looks like it's trending in that direction. Um, and Kentucky wasn't doing anything. Well, here's your why. Here's why they weren't doing anything. It's because they they feel like they can get their guys back. Yeah, so the, uh, we are getting a more clear picture of how things are are developing, and part of the reason why why is UK in a good spot with Hunter Dickinson? Are they recruiting any other bigs? Well, we're we're getting our answers because maybe they 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 it's better it's better in house than it appeared, and it was interesting because. Calipari never said anything about Uganda on Yenzo, unless I just totally missed it. But he, he didn't never have, commented. No, he, he didn't have a tweet saying we we wish him the best. We'll help him every step of the way. He he's welcome to return if that's what he chooses to do. He, they didn't do anything on that, which tells me that UK and Cal never really expected him to be gone or or accepted that he was gone. Maybe they knew it was a possibility, but they weren't ready to pull pull the trigger on it. And that's going to be that's that's an interesting dynamic. We were to, we had a pecking order of all right, Hunter Dickinson, Oscar Sheboy, Uganda. How would you rank them? And we all pretty much agreed that you could 
really make a case for any different ranking order of those three people. And instead, now you're going to get – however you ranked them, whether you had Oscar two, you got a three, you got a one, Oscar three. Uh, however you had them in that pecking order, UK is going to get two out of the three back potentially. At least it seems more promising with Uganda, with Oscar. It's stuff that we've talked about before, where it's just it, the NBA. NBA is just not into that, dude. They're just they're they're not they're not dying to get their hands on an undersized five that can't spread the floor past eighteen feet consistently. Maybe that that's where he grows his game next season if he does come back to college. But the NBA is just not over the moon about players like Oscar Sheboy. So how much money could he get in the NBA? How much money versus the NBA could he get by playing college basketball at UK? Maybe, maybe not at UK. Could he play college basketball somewhere else? Uh, but I think you're starting to see the dominoes fall in line where I, I, I think UK is probably did have some in-house discussions. We talked about that on multiple radio shows after the season where it's like, do you want Oscar back? How does that change things for you? Are you ready just for a fresh start? Are you ready just to move on? But if there's a scenario where you can get Uganda and Oscar and you have Bradshaw, it does seem more heavy on the fives than it does on fives and fours. But Cal has made five heavy front, front courts work before. 15, obviously, had three centers on that group. And secondly, if you've got somebody that needs to stretch the floor, it does seem like Bradshaw is going to be the perfect piece to be able to do that. So I'm all for it if that's the way that it unfolds. It almost at like this moment seems a little bit too good to be true. The right. whole you got a thing was it was incredibly strange, and that's why I was like, it just doesn't really make sense. This is a weird situation because even in this context, it's just this Kentucky usually doesn't miss guys that they really really want, but. If you can get, if you can make it happen, I'm I'm all for it. I, I do think you still have some question marks about it. My biggest question mark, you do have some question marks on the court about it, but my biggest question mark is just is Oscar going to be a good teammate? Is so are those rumors true? Or are they not true? Is that something that actually UK is going to have to keep an eye on this year? And it does seem somewhat similar to the severe Wheeler conversations we were having this time last year. And as the season went on, we looked back and we were like, oh, yeah, oh, we, we did talk about that. We were worried that that could be an issue. I just hope, Rash, we don't do that again and it's not this time in 2024 and we're saying, well, we, we talked about Oscar. Is he going to take it seriously and be all in on basketball and be a good teammate and do this, that, or the other? I, I hope that we, don't, we aren't kind of proven right again in that regard. But that's my biggest question. It's not really on the court stuff. You're going to make that stuff work. My on the court question, my biggest question on the court is just basically, is Cal going to have the, is he going to be willing to sit Oscar extended minutes to let Bradshaw grow, to let you gonna grow, to let, let you see if, if, if those different options work, is he going to be willing to sit Oscar on the bench for as long as he needs to in some, in, in some situations to be able to let some of these other guys flourish. That's my on-the-court question. My yeah. off-the-court question is more just teammate-driven, chemistry-driven. But all those being said, I, I, want, it, I want those questions answered. I would, I'd roll the dice to see how it all unfolds because that's a lot of talent, Roush. Yeah, I, I, I'm – that is the – I'm glad you brought up both points because part of it for the Oscar hand is like, okay, something was just clearly – not the same this year. 
something was just off, whatever that is, like you need to get back to the old Oscar. Whereas, like, at least you knew that it, it worked before, it can work again. Whereas, with Wheeler's case, like, that was kind of all we knew was the the kind of locker room off the court stuff, right? That, that, so I, I, I have at least a little bit of faith that Oscar can not be a, an off court sort of problem. I, I know that's probably not the best word for it, but that's just the one I'm going to use. But on the court, a lot of it does come down to like this will work as long as it's not the the Oscar show and we're just you know throwing the ball in there and letting the ball die in the paint. Like this can work if you play in a different way with Oscar and he's not 38 minutes again. You know, <laughs> like that. So I that that's the part that I'd be fascinated by. But I still, it's just I, I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to be excited if Kentucky can get a dude back that, I mean, I haven't looked it up, but do we think he could probably break the rebounding record, right? If he comes back. Yes. I definitely think that that would happen. I mean, so right now he is career rebounds. He ranks six and that was in two seasons and nine fifty two. He Yeah. <laughs> he's only, he's, he's like 70, uh, he's about 90 rebounds behind Dan Issel. He'll get that in no, like 126. Yeah, I'm bad at math, but that would, would take no time. He'd have that by, like by the Louisville game. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't like that. That's where. Yeah, he'd have it probably by December. There'd be a chance he could have it by December. That, that's the thing like that we have to. Some of the Oscar Sheboy is an imperfect player. He's not your typical national player of the year, but he's a two-time consensus All-American that is going to be, if he returns, he'll be the best rebounder in school history. He's got a good jump shot. He's good at finishing. And he's also, I mean, he's not your typical rim runner running big where he's like dunking in transition. But how many times have you seen him steal a pass and go coast to coast and finish at the rim? Like, he he is very good at about 70% of the things you can be very good at basketball. He, yeah. he has his faults, but he is he's an awesome player that you would love to have back on your team. And, that, and that's what we were getting at last week, where it was like, all right, well, hold on. What, what's it looking like now? You got us leaving. That's, that's kind of weird. Hunter Dickinson, I like him. I, I, he'd be a good option, and I, I still – I still feel that way. I, I, I think that that would have been a good option if you could have made that happen. But, all right, it looks like maybe he, he's going to go somewhere else. What are you going to do with that? Do you just get Oscar back, maybe? Like, is that just the easiest thing potentially to do? Well, it seems like they're going to maybe do it. And also, it seems like maybe Ugunna's going to be back in the fold as well. Uh, again, with the transfer portal and how much this stuff has moved, and even just in a week or two weeks, how much it's kind of – zigged and zagged back and forth. I'm going to believe all this stuff when, when I see it, once the dust settles true, on all true. of it. But today it does seem like the, the future of UK's front court is in a much better spot than it was when we last, since we last talked to you. And who knows? Maybe there's going to be more zigging and zagging, but doesn't seem to be in a bad spot right now, Roush. No, no. This was a surprising development and, mm-hmm. uh, but for all the right reasons, all the right reasons. I, well, and I think the another I, question I, you could have, or go ahead, sorry. 
No, no, you got it. Go. I was just say, I think another question you have too is like if you got is going to be back, make like the let's make sure the handlers aren't going to be an issue then, or like yeah. they're not going to during the middle of the season demand this, that, or the other. Like I, I hope that you'd have a grip on that. You would hope that they would. It wasn't like Ugano was a problem during the season this past season while it was going on. And he, he doesn't seem like he's ever a problem, but I'm just talking about the, the people potentially around him. And again, you're just going to have to be willing to try different things. You, we, you can't let Bradshaw get buried on the bench. And I don't think people want Ugano to get buried on the bench because he can do some different things for you. So you got to be willing to, to sit Oscar a little bit. However, Roush, you're right. He is still a dominant college basketball player, although he does have a pretty major flaw. Well, this is year three now of him getting to actually play year four of him being in the program and figure it out. If other teams can figure out how to exploit it, figure out how to hide it, how to protect it. Uh, if Can you squeeze you gutta in there to help is Bradshaw's shot blocking ability better than Toppins where maybe it, it makes the whole thing better are your guards better on ball defenders where maybe that that's your answer that helps Oscar a little bit where your guards aren't getting blown by so then he can he can stay on his man a little bit but I, I don't know I don't get paid nine million dollars to figure that stuff out but you need to if he's back again we know that he's not going to be your all-star stud defender but he, he can't be the liability that he was you you just can't get exposed. And if you are getting exposed, you need to sit them. And you need to get them on the bench. And that means play Yagata and Bradshaw and have more shot blocking and length, then, then so be it. But you, you can't get exposed like you did. But I still do want them back, all that being said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the more the more the merrier. The more the merrier. So long as they can uh, – they, they know how to live and play together. I, I just – I do think it's funny though that they're ha- like if you get into conversations with uh, like I'm you know I'm in this big group message and there's just a lot of a lot of takes about like fitting the team together and the pieces and uh, r- r- roster construction was that our buzzword on the Thorns text on last week TJ yes uh, yeah like that you, you get a lot of that stuff um, but all in all I think if if they both do come back. That it is an encouraging sign moving forward that okay, like Kentucky is a place that that people want to be, and that like Kentucky is still. Um, I don't know how to put this, but like you are putting, you can be players first without like being completely beholding to the players' demands. Like at the end of the day, for this to work, there has to be some compromise, and if. Kentucky can provide the best of both worlds. You can still have your nil stuff. You're just doing it on Kentucky's terms. And if they can find some success with it on the court this year and have a great basketball team instead of what we dealt with last year, which was far below the standards we're used to seeing, that'd be awesome. And especially because it, it went back to our conversation last week, TJ, with roster construction where they are getting those NBA guys back. But you needed to have some experienced pieces around them. Here's your experienced front court, man, to take some pressure uh, off of Bradshaw. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it'd be like the perfect situation for Bradshaw and even Uganda because it was like, all right, if you're rolling, if you're rolling into the season with Uganda and Bradshaw, we we like that potential through the roof, like maybe title good potential mm-hmm. if if all the pieces fell where they were supposed to. But boy, early on in the season, how are you going to ask Bradshaw, or how are you going to say you can be patient with Bradshaw and let him come along 
but then you also would do that with Uganda. It was going to be tough because you think both of them need a little bit of time, yeah. a little bit of growth on play in in the game action to be able to develop a little bit. But now if you could mix Oscar in with all three of them, then they really can take their time. You know that, like, hey, you got somebody that's going to be your rebounder, your physical tough-nosed guy. You two can – got to just focus on blocking shots this game. Let the, the re- let the rest of the stuff fall where it may. Bradshaw, just worry about spreading the floor, knocking down open shots. How are they going to tr- double, triple – how are they going to do the Texas A&M defense against Oscar when you can have just four different shooters, all of which can make shots out on the perimeter. That's going to be great if, if it works out that way. Now you have a little bit more leniency. All right, hour one's done. We're going to continue this conversation in hour two and read more text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We'll come back. We'll read those. Don't go anywhere. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Whoa. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Hello, FM 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. And it's springtime. And now you turn the calendar to derby season around these parts. You're going to need a good pair of sunglasses. If you're heading out to the track for derby day, go ahead and complete your ensemble. Roush was talking about he's got his outfit all picked out already. Well, no outfit is complete without a good pair of Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com. Polarized sunglasses that look good are incredibly affordable. They look like they're going to cost a lot more than they actually do. And they have plenty of great deals and specials at Shady Rays, including replacement payer promise and 30-day money-back guarantee. And you will save 25% off when at checkout you put in that promo code BIGX, 25% off with the BIGX promo code. Amazing sunglasses, stylish, and you can rock your derby party with a new pair of Shady Rays. Check it out today. Really impressive website. Easy to navigate. Easy to see. They're great selection. And it's a Kentucky-based company. Go to ShadyRays.com. All right. Rash, where do you want to go to start hour two? Um, I think we should mention the Batcats before. Yeah, that was a we, bummer. Yeah. I was worried about this weekend. Yeah. Although they, uh, they lost zero nine-inning games. So that's good. At least they've yes. got that going for them. But they did lose their first series. So they were down 4 nothing on Friday. Rallied in the bottom of the, was the, the six, no, it was the top of the seventh. When they, they put their rally caps on, uh, had two runs in the seventh, two in the eighth, and then ran away with it. 7-4 win. And he thought, okay, getting a little Uncle Mo, a little momentum. And then just rain delay and then <clears throat> doubleheader went down the drain. First series loss of the season for the Batcats. Yeah, they had to play two seven-inning games yesterday, and UK came up short in both of those. And as a bummer, I was I was worried about this series a little bit. I, again, the rain and the seven innings 
did that actually matter or play uh, an impact? Well, if it would have been a seven inning game on Friday, they would have lost that one too because they they made their they they took the lead there in the eighth inning. So maybe it played a role. I, maybe it didn't. If you win them, then you're happy that they were seven innings. If you lose them, then you have this conversation that we're having right here. But I was a little worried about this series having a target on their back, being a top ten team playing one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the SEC. And they, they, they took their, their foot off the gas a little bit. The bats went a little bit quiet, but like I said, they didn't finish the, the, the Missouri series. They were a little sloppy in that game. And then Tuesday night wasn't maybe their best midweek stuff. So hopefully this is just a little bit of a slump, but you can make it all better by beating U of L tomorrow. And in all sincerity, if you had said, going into this past weekend, hey, their next four games, three against Georgia, one against Louisville, they're going to go two and two. You'd probably take that all realistically. It's a road game at UofL. I think the ideal scenario, if that were the case, is you'd win the series at Georgia, and then, hey, you slip up, you lose a Louisville in the midweek, and then you beat them when they return the favor in two weeks when they come to Lexington. But if you could go two and two in those games, certainly not the end of the world and and nothing you can't bounce back from. So win tomorrow, and and I think uh, not, not, not the end of the world, not a huge deal. But if you lose tomorrow, and then with the series coming up next weekend, Eh, you know, we actually gets a little bit dicier. They're, they're okay. They still can even slip up for a couple weekends, really. But missed opportunity in Athens, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, if you just take – only need one, one of those on the seventh inning – in the seven-inning games, that's all you needed. Uh, but it's tough. SEC's tough. It's a grind. Uh, we need uh, – Need to get back on track, though. A win over Louisville would be nice, uh, especially on the road for fans around here that don't get to see him much. Um, but I, I am – it is it's tentatively planned. I've, I've planted the seed for a, uh, a a trip to Jim Patterson tomorrow night. So well, it should be great team. weather. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the weather looks absolutely awesome. But you, Cats head to Baton Rouge this weekend. Take on LSU, who is That's one of the top teams in the country. Mm-hmm. So it, it gets it gets tough all of a sudden for UK baseball. And, and we knew that. And you knew that Georgia series, even though it was on the road, it was, hey, all right, may want to take this one because you're not sure when your next SEC series win may be. Hopefully sooner than later. But it – Back half of this schedule is absolutely brutal. So, not not the weekend we were looking for there, but it's hey, still been a hell of a start. It, yeah, and it's a long it's a long season, um, and you don't want to you don't want to get your momentum too early, right? Like you don't want to peak too soon. Uh, they were going to eventually have to drop some games, so you know what? Why not now? Why not now? Yeah, and hopefully you know, Georgia probably most likely going to stay near the bottom. They they didn't give games to teams that maybe you will use them against them in, in the SEC tournament seeding pecking order. So that's good. That was smart. Smart move yeah. by UK baseball. Great job to lose to this team. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, do we want to read some text, see what the text line's got to say? Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. So why don't you read a text while the, uh, I get this annoying dog to be quiet real quick? Yeah, you, you quiet down, annoying dog. Uh, I, w- I do want to just add one more thing on the on the Uganda Kingsley situation, just because. And, and again, we're not we're, none of this is really directed at him. He does seem like somebody that wants to be at UK, 
the people around him were forcing his hand and that can that's kind of ugly in its own right but that's different conversations for different days sometimes these situations are ugly and I, a lot of people don't know all the details i don't know all the details certainly in this regard but just covering recruiting for as long as i did so sometimes these kids really just have zero say in the whole situation and they don't even really know like what's going on and i'm not saying that's what's going on with you gotta i don't know but it is made out to be a little bit that it's out of his control i think kyle tucker had the tweet somebody it was a kyle tucker somebody had the tweet that when he found out or when he found out that he was transferring he was livid when when they told him that he was leaving he was really mad which is a funny sentence to write is like when person was told that he has to leave one university to go to another, he wasn't happy about that decision. It's like, well, okay, well, if you're not happy about the decision, then don't go, then don't do it. Don't let somebody else make you do this situation. But I, I, it, it was a little interesting how it did unfold this weekend. And I, I don't know if there's a hot take to be had about it or not. I don't really think that there probably is. But UConn, they get their big man back, which I think surprised some people. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know where people thought he was going to go. The Klingon fella, the big white guy from yep. UConn, he announced yep. his return. Which again, like big guys, tradi- more traditional bigs in college basketball, probably are going to be hanging around more. So not to the point that you should expect all of them back every single year, but it really shouldn't be like a huge surprise. So UConn gets that news, and supposedly they weren't expecting that. And UConn was a potential landing spot for Uganda. Now they get him back, maybe not so much a potential landing spot there. And then St. John's, they were rumored with King with with Donienzo, and now you don't hear anything about St. John's. So you heard that maybe it's not going to happen there. So why with Rick Pitino and Uganda did it not work out? I'm not so sure. But Roush, I'm not sure if you saw this, that Musa Sisse from yeah. Oklahoma State, he was, oh, it was uh, Slater who had that tweet, by the way, about Uganda was really upset when he was told that he was going to be leaving. It wasn't, it was Andrew okay. Slater, not Kyle Tucker. Gotcha. Just to, and then, just, and then Slater the tweeted out the like Italian gif. Um, uh, I, I, so I think I what happened is he did. He tweeted out like Sisse, the guy from Oklahoma State, which was one time UK target. Hey, why? He he tweeted out his Italian gif thing, which either usually means Patino or Calipari, which it's not. I don't think it means Calipari in this instance. No. no. The point is, I wonder if St. John's either the asking price for for Sisse was better than Uganda, or or if they just preferred to say like hey he's more proven he's more what we're looking for he can block sh- he's proven to be able to block shots you gotta could end up being better but we at least know what we begin from this guy we feel more comfortable going this direction sorry you gotta you gotta have to go somewhere else the uh the other part of that that would make sense too is like is st john's really gonna have more money to offer you gonna and do they the, the UK and also do they want to for a guy that hasn't played any you know it just that 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 math checks out I now I did not know that Sisse was at Oklahoma State was he wasn't he a Memphis guy originally wasn't he a penny guy yeah I think so I think he went uh, he, he's bounced around gotcha okay okay so that would 
that would seem to make sense. I love Zags acting like Oscar's decision had something to do with Ugana. It's like, does it? That's a that's a, another interesting thing too. That like the people are like, well, UConn front court's a little bit too crowded. It's like, so Ugana's going to come back to a front court with Oscar and Bradshaw? Like, maybe I, I do. I, I think part of it is what you said in hour one, where it was just like, yeah, people can tell you dollar amounts all they want, but telling you and then signing the checks are are different things. Where maybe they realize like, oh, you played very few minutes at UK and you still were rolling in the dough. And now these schools, they can't promise this, that, or the other. Maybe you just go back to UK where you know the money's good and potentially great if you end up being a good player. Uh, the whole thing is interesting. I do wonder if the St. John's thing, did they did they elect to go in a different direction or did you gonna elect to go in a different direction or did the money not end up being as good as they thought it may be? Or did St. John's not want to pay the money after, oh, we didn't think, we were just kind of talking. We didn't think you are actually going to transfer. I don't know if we do have that money for you. I, I, I do think it's an interesting situation. But if it all works out where you get Oscar and you get Bradshaw and you get Uganda and that's UK's front court and Lance wears your, your, your back up there, let's roll with it. Now, at that point, I do think the, the camera kind of pans back a little bit to Livingston. Because with that front court, my, my question would be, or my concern would be, all right, you're going against a six foot six, a six foot seven, a six foot eight stretch four that, uh, that can put it on the floor, pull up, create their own shot, but also take people off the dribble and get to the rim. And for whatever reason, this game, just Uganda can't guard them, Oscar can't guard them, Bradshaw can't guard them. It's too tough of a matchup. They're too quick for these guys. Who do you put on them? Is the is the answer Justin Edwards because just you would think maybe Justin Edwards gets bullied a little bit in that matchup. Then and if it's not Justin Edwards, then who is it? I don't know who would be. That's that's one question that I think if you're UK, you, you would like to have answered. You would say, all right, Chris Livingston could be that guy. He definitely could be that guy, but I don't think he's going to be that guy. I don't think he's going to be in Lexington next year. So who is that guy? And that's I don't I don't know I don't have the answer to that one, Roush. Yeah, yeah. Where it does feel like it's like boom or bust, right? Where you've got like all these long athletic dudes, and then Oscar who can't really guard anybody athletic, right? Just wide speed, not there. Um, so then it's like okay, well. Edwards should be able to handle them, but I think the moral of the story, though, is TJ is like there's it's a very weird in between, and I don't think you're going to see that in between a ton. Uh, but you 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 just hope you don't run into that one guy, right? Like the, uh, I mean, because isn't that guy uh, basically Jordan Wright? He's like the one or two kind of players that that can beat you um, with that sort of mismatch. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh... East, Easton and LSU, uh, you, you, they've, it seems like in the SEC you go against this four almost on a night-in, night-out basis, this, this four that we're talking about. But then, like, NCAA tournament-wise, though, that's not as, as, as common as some of the other stuff you'll see. So I, that, that's where it's tough, but you, you might just kind of be up a creek without a paddle and really challenging Edwards to uh, – 
and here, here's the other the other side of it. That coin though is like unless they're playing five out or something. At least this year you should have some guys there to to challenge shots at the rim that you haven't typically had. Yeah, that's one thing that if a team's easily getting to the rim, Cal's got to be willing to be able to take Oscar out and just be like, hey, we're rolling with you, Gunna. And maybe he still gets scored on a little bit, or maybe rebounding takes a little bit of a hit, but they're not scoring at the rim with ease anymore. And and those are those are some choices that he's going to have to make if that happens. But if this does happen, again, I'm I'm thrilled with how it all unfolded. You still do have some question marks, and there's some things that we got to figure out, but that would – You'd check, you'd, you'd check pretty much almost all the boxes there on the front court. You'd be ready to roll. And especially with a younger team where you want some experienced players, maybe you're getting back the, the a, a good chunk of that front court. A texter on the Thornton's text line says 502-414-1450 that, sorry, TJ, but Justin Thomas carries himself and acts like a complete douche. That San X touch, I suppose, like he acts like he would hoop for Duke. Grayson Allen looking ass. And that uh, same texture says they can't stand Patrick. Patrick Reed is what they call him. Uh, see, I love irrational hate for golfers uh, because a lot of the sport is just you, you got your dudes you hate, you got your dudes you love. I can see where people don't like JT because of the way he reacts to like bad shots, but I just think it makes him more relatable because he's like, mother bleeping himself to no end. Uh, he had one shot. I think it was it was Saturday morning when the weather was really coming down where it hit. I mean, the, the, the divot was pin high a foot from the cup. And instead of a little tap in birdie, the ball rolls like 18 feet down the green. And he's got to play catch up to just a safe par. Um, so I, I, I appreciate it. But I can see where some people are um, put off by it. I don't think it has anything to do with him going to say next, though. I yeah it's just he's a golfer he i like the interview that he did too they they asked and they're like so what how do these conditions make the course tougher to play and he's just i don't know how much time you all have for on this interview for me to talk to answer that that question oh have you seen some of the takes about the walk and talk interviews no or it, oh. it should be nothing but just good stuff though so oh, no no because you gotta have takes and golf digest wrote about how uh, Justin Thomas playing badly after the walk and talk was proof that it's a disaster and bad for the sport. It's like you're an you're an idiots because what, what a dumb hot take. It's the dumbest hot take um, because I believe that hole he parred and he like he finished poorly. It wasn't because he did a walk and talk. He finished poorly because the elements like it was it was awful. Uh, same thing. There was another guy who did a walk and talk, and they were like, yeah, well he he. He played bad later, and it's like, but he also, he he birdied that hole. So I don't like. It's just whenever somebody tries to criticize and act like it affects their play, it's there's holes in the argument. And also, is I know golf is a hard sport. Yes, I suck at it. Point proof. But is it so hard that you can't just like I don't know answer a question or two while you're walking a hundred yards up the fairway? I feel like you would get 
it would be a nice refreshing change of pace if I was out there golfing. Like, okay, let me just throw an AirPod in and chat it up for a minute. Max Homa's walk and talk this weekend was really good. I believe that was on Thursday, maybe even Friday. But he he basically just said, like, I feel like an idiot. Everybody looking at me like I'm talking to myself walking down the fairway. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was funny. I saw that live when he was doing that. Uh, Yeah, it's the perfect setup for it. Like you can't just magically fly to your ball you can't just magically snap your finger and beat your next shot and grip it and rip it you have to walk there get to it there's downtime you would think it's the perfect setup for an interview situation like that I loved them I, I thought Justin's was good and I, I, all of them that I saw I thought were were entertaining and the golfers were in mostly good like they were good sports about it they, they weren't just trying to like the interviews that they do after the first TV timeout and the NCAA tournament where the coach, they, they're like, they very clearly are like, you only get one question with the coach. So you got to make it quick. And the coaches are just totally miserable most of the time because they just want to get the hell out of the interview. The golfers were good sports about it. That's yes. not always the case with golfers. Yes, yes. that that That's why they were good too. Is like It's one thing if they, you, you have to balance, you have to play a balancing act with it. You don't want to oversaturate because then they will get tired of it. Um, but yeah, it, it's better than any sideline interview in game that you've gotten from a, a basketball coach that they're shoving down our throats or a football one. Um, they, they've been doing a lot more of those lately. And it's just like, I'm not getting anything out of this. Yeah. A texter on the Thornton sex line, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. It's from Kirby. He says the big X can't hook up your Louisville listeners. Hell of a deal for our Southern Indiana listeners, but and that's regarding the golf card. Well, here's the thing, Kirby. It's a very short drive across the river to those golf courses. It's very true, convenient. Kirby. Very convenient. You should check them out. Spread your wings a little, Kirby. Uh, another text says, Clean, coming back to UConn. Interesting. Yeah, we, we did mention that in the Yugo talk, and I think, yeah, so I think they were connecting those dots uh, before Easter- we found out more. Easter weekend, I think the Plumley Bros were hanging out together because every so often you'll get these like coordinated texting attacks, and so they both sent in texts about uh, the Yukon guy returning at the same time. And the next text from the other Plumley Bro, who he says admittedly he doesn't listen, absolutely no shot this happens at Kentucky with Cal at the helm. Side note: You think someone like Jalen Wilson from Kansas stays at Kentucky three or four years? Seriously. And the Plumley Bros, I imagine they're they're certainly smart enough to probably know where the next comment would go. The National Player of the Year just returned to UK, making college basketball history. And you're saying that something like this, a player returning at UConn, wouldn't happen at Kentucky when it literally just happened to a greater degree and a bit more surprising degree. Same with Toppin, you just returned your front. You may just return your front court again for the second straight year, returning your front court, or at least the pieces you wanted from your front court. Do you all ever think about this stuff before you hit send on your text messages? Does it cross, does it like, just, I wonder what they're going to respond back. Let it cross your brain, and then maybe you can reconsider. Stuff like this happens at Kentucky. UK does return players. Happens frequently. It would be funny if, like, all of the, hand-wringing over, well, Duke's getting their best players back. How come Kentucky never gets players back? When, yeah, I, I mean, I even brought it up to TJ, and you rebuffed it pretty quickly, and I was like, well, yeah, you got a good point. Um, 
now and now like again if you're just basing it off people more in the know which is not me it sounds like oscar and antonio reeves are going to be back if you were to pick two players off last year's team that you'd want to return different people would say different things i mean realistically you weren't going to get case and wallace back everybody knew that so you got to take him out of the equation I, I some people would go livingston some people would probably go you gotta some people may say oscar i think a lot of people would probably say antonio reeves you 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 may get three of those people back you could theoretically get four but the, i don't think you're getting livingston back this idea that like uk's got this culture of nobody ever returning People are stuck in 2015 I mean, with those takes. If you, I think the problem is less about returning. It's you're returning too many guys. You got too many old guys and not enough NBA talents that are one and done. <laughs> no, that's a, that's exactly that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, Texter says, "Hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. Now that we're in the doldrums of the sports year, I'm excited to announce that I'm back on my hypothetical nonsense. Yes, if yes, could- Brad." If you could, if you could be guaranteed a final four of this upcoming basketball season, or guaranteed to beat both Alabama and Georgia in football, oh, which God. are you taking? Personally, I take the wins in football because that would guarantee oh. you a top ten finish and a shot at the playoffs. Hope you all oh, had a man. Thanksgiving. It was Easter. Brad from Bellbrook. It was Easter. <laughs> <laughs> it was Easter. Man, that's so tough. Because here's the thing: is like only guaranteeing those two wins in football, you could. In theoretically, could still screw up elsewhere. You could. Um, whew, get both of them in the same year. It's a good hypothetical, Brad. On the one hand, I think a lot of people listening are like, you would take the wins in football, no doubt. Just like what that could do for the program, those Saturdays, just think how great that would be. But there is another part of me that's just like, gosh, but you, you really need to just have a March run. You just need to have a March run. Yeah, it's just got to yeah. happen. And if you could just lock in a Final Four, just every the whole fan base could exhale. You know, things could be things could be so great. That being said, I, I think they could go on a Final Run even without this hypothetical. They could. Doesn't mean they will. They could. So I would probably take the football just because that seems less likely to me. I want my cake. I want to eat it too. I think this basketball team hopefully would have enough NBA talent where they could make a run again. Maybe not, but the football team, I don't think they're going to beat Georgia and Alabama. So if you could just make that a reality, then yeah, I'm probably doing that. Yeah, that would be, uh, I, I think so. I, I'm man, this is so tough. Because, you know me, like, I'm always partial to the football side of things. But beating Georgia and Alabama doesn't guarantee, like, like that Tennessee game, like, you, you would probably sprinkle in, like, a loss to Tennessee or something stupid in there, right? Or, like, there's a chance, you know, like, the, there's still uncertainty elsewhere. I would also like to add, too, that the Sugar Bowl is a college football playoff semifinal this year. It's not a New Year's Six. And like uh, Kentucky's only getting in the playoff if they're winning the SEC. So, I, I would say I, I would actually think I might take the basketball. But if you were saying SEC championship or Final Four, I'm taking SEC championship in football. But there's there's wiggle room with Alabama and Georgia, just those two games. Like you could still be outside of the SEC championship game in Atlanta, and then you're probably best 
consolation prize if you're still getting New Year's Six would just it would just be playing in Atlanta in the Peach Bowl against uh, you know like uh, the 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 G five team, which wouldn't be as nearly as fun as just playing an SEC championship game and winning that SEC championship game. So yeah, but if, again, good hypothetical, Brad. Yeah, that is it's it's a good one to start. It's really tough. Like we're we're in the hair splitting business right now. But if you beat Alabama and Georgia, you could even lose to Tennessee, and you're still probably winning the East. That's true. Yeah, you yeah yeah because yeah. um, you would have a tiebreaker over them. You would just have to make sure you only lost one SEC game. If you lost um, two SEC games, and then maybe it could get a little bit dicey. You still could theoretically have the tiebreaker even with two losses because Georgia's probably going to be in the equation of any tie, and you'd have the tiebreaker over there. It would, it would just that, – that South Carolina game would then terrify me because that's oh, what Shane Be- – yeah, because it would be the same exact thing Shane Beamer did last year where Tennessee was all teed up. I don't think they were going to – they couldn't have gone to the SEC championship game, but they were in the New Year's Six conversation, the playoff conversation. It was the same week at South Carolina, the, the second to last week of the regular season, and then South Carolina pulled that out of their ass. So that would just be a miserable, painful experience. Beating Alabama, but then like, okay, now you got to go win at South Carolina. Like, oh, no. gosh. Be a nervous wreck. Let's take our last break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up Gosh, the show. Great hypothetical, Brad from Bellbrook. That was incredible. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Extra. Oh, okay. I'm tearing up my shirt and I know a rosy on my chest because I'm a wanderer. I'm a wanderer. Kentucky Roll Call. We're on a mission from God. Come on. Baby, don't you wanna go? Come on. Baby, don't you wanna go? Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Action Sports Radio. Sarita's in mind for lunch or dinner today. You can order online on the app. Have it waiting for you at the store. Pick it up if you're on the go. Middletown has a drive through and you'll earn points and eventually get free entrees, free specials, buy one, get one. Salsaritas always has great deals all on their app, so download it today and then keep their catering in mind with whatever you got going on this spring. Derby right around the corner. Maybe you're hosting some party, whatever, whatever it may be. Salsaritas in the house for a delicious meal that you don't have to worry about cooking or cleaning. Let them take care of you. The other location, St. Matthews, right off Hubbard's, both delicious, both very, very good, and Blue Powerade at both, which is uh, best in town, I've always said. we got more text to get to. We're going to do that. I've gotten through everything I've written down today. If you all have anything that you want to get out, you can. But otherwise, let's just read some text. Yeah, yeah, I um did we miss out on anything, Scoots, from over the weekend? Not that I could think of, no. Uh the trees fall watch? the trees falling at Augusta was pretty wild. Yeah. Man, that was crazy. Glad yeah. everybody was all right. Did uh did you all see the frozen four? An overtime walk off win for Quinnipiac? I saw Quinnipiac won, but that's that's all. They won ten seconds into overtime, I think. They win every yeah, freaking and- year. They- 
Quinnipiac? Yeah, Quinnipiac? They're, they're they're the blue blood. They're one of the blue bloods of college hockey. Look at us. What if I told you they it was their first national no championship shot. in anything ever? No shot. All right, is that well, accurate? Let's just double for the real? Lakers bet. Is that for real true? Yeah. How many? How many Frozen Fours have they been to? Because it seems that, like they're that, there that, every That might year. be different. They might have been to multiple three. Frozen Fours. They've been to three Frozen what? Fours. This was their first one since 16. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> I feel like I see Quinnipiac every year in there. Nope. Uh, that's not, not, how it, not how it goes. Man, so. wrong. Egg on my face. No. They lost the title game in 13 and 16. So I'm sure like Scoots in 16 was like, I don't feel like they were in the title game just a couple of years ago. And then so he always made up his mind that Quinnipiac was the dominant power. <laughs> Although, you know, they've been to, I don't know. I don't know the hockey. They've been to three national championship games now. They won one. That's pretty good. Who'd they beat? Uh, Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota's a blue blood. I'll say that definitively. Okay. Yeah, I can agree, which they should be. They're, they're Minnesota. soda. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it wasn't electric. If you didn't see the end of the game, like you said, it was just 10 seconds into overtime. And I want to say like, we turned it on right as they were celebrating. And so I had to go back. Like it was like, ah, just missed it. But uh, it was, it was an electric factory. Um, also scoots. My, I haven't cashed the bet yet. The Lakers ended up with the seven seed. They're stuck in the playoff, the play in tournament. That is all happening Tuesday night. I believe is the first play-in tournament game. Uh, but we had the final games of the regular season were over the weekend, and I didn't watch any of them. But I saw that everybody was just fighting on the bench. Um, the Clippers got into a shoving match, and then Rudy Gobert like threw a punch at, at his Kyle teammate. Anderson. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy. What, what 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 are we doing here? So it's 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 play-in tournament time. It is play-in tournament time. So now. I can finally turn on and watch some NBA. So if you win on – so the way that I remember the play-in tournament is if you win on Tuesday, those teams are automatically in if you win, and then the losers will have to win on the whatever the – like Friday or whenever they play that next game. Yeah, so it's Lakers-Timberwolves. If the, the loser of that game is not eliminated, they'll have to – Beat either Shea Gilgis Alexander in the Thunder or a Zionless Pelican, probably SGA in the Thunder. So it, it gets yeah. confusing. So here's the deal: the game's on Tuesday. The winning team is in the playoffs. They're the in. losing team is not out. But they the games to... on Wednesday, the losing teams are eliminated. Correct. And then Friday night will determine. Okay, this is the this is the end of the road for. One of these teams, winner take all, loser done. Okay, well, the Lakers just need to beat the Timberwolves on Tuesday, and they're, and they're in, in yeah. and the Timberwolves were just fighting each other. So I, I feel pretty solid that the Lakers are comfortably in the playoffs. Turns out trading for Rudy Gobert was um, uh, bad. <laughs> Real yeah. bad. Scoots, I also wanted to get your thoughts just on the Oscar Shibway maybe coming back, Uganda maybe coming back, because I know you don't keep up with UK news as frequently as we do. I mean, this show is basically how you keep up with UK news, and maybe some tweets here and there, I'm sure you see. But this has to be maybe a little bit of a whirlwind to you, and I just want to get your outsider's take on the whole thing. Um, If you recall about three weeks ago, one of the shows that Roush was out, I definitively said 
that Oscar will be back. And you gave me so much crap. Oh, no, you're just guessing. I was just guessing. But I had a feeling in my heart that Oscar would be back for Kentucky next year. So Why don't you, hey, why don't you just get it all out, buddy? You I, seem very – there's a lot of animosity. You seem like you have a lot of pent-up – uh, built up frustration with me. Why don't you just let it out? Oh no, it's not with just you. I I just I'm trying to toot my own horn, so that's what I'm doing here. Because I called it that Oscar would be back. In terms of you gonna though, but I don't I don't know. I mean I, I'm still unsure what to expect with him next year. So I either way, if he comes back or he goes, I don't I don't know that it makes that much difference for Kentucky. Oh, Scoots selling you go stocks. Well, he accurately called Oscar coming back. Yeah, maybe he knows more than we do. I mean, you you, to this guy. if you go gets one more year under Oscar, I think it could really be beneficial for him moving forward. But like I said, I just I don't expect much from Hugo next year. We we didn't see him on the floor a whole lot this past year, so there's nothing definitively that gives me hope that he can come out and just produce like something we've never seen. You know, so. We'll see. A lot of people were expecting him to make a jump this uh, this upcoming season. If he does, then UK's got their shop locker. Won't have to worry about rim protection. If not, well, it'd be nice to have another option and maybe the leading rebounder in school history or could be the leading rebounder in school history. Ooh, uh, I got some early poll results on the Brad from Bellbrook hypothetical. Mm-hmm. 180 votes, 53% are for the football wins. So a slight edge. And also, I have biased followers, too. I have more football-centric followers. And a lot closer, though. Like, it's, it's it, that, that's a tough hypothetical. So I appreciate you sending that in, Brad, uh, especially during this time of the year. We do have the weekend to recap things, but it's going to get a little bit slower. So we're going to rely on our fine friends over at the Thornton's Texan, 502-414-1450. Make sure you got the Refreshing Rewards app, too. Have that. They'll, they'll hook you up this time of the year. That, before I go to the track, i got to stop in, grab uh, grab some beer, some ice, get some five-hour energies, maybe a breakfast burrito to, to fuel me up to get ready for a day at the track. I, I just can't, I can't, I can't wait. Man, it's, I'm counting down the days. Can't wait till it's here. Whew. That'll be here before you know it, buddy. A texter uh, says on the Thornton sex line, the good thing is when Scoots hides the eggs, you don't have to worry about them being hit too high. <laughs> That's freaking hilarious. <laughs> Funny joke. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's joke on the short guy here. Uh, short jokes, I never get old. <laughs> the, we had like the 6th and 7th graders, 8th graders, hide some older, some younger, hide the eggs for like the kids that were 0 to 5 years old yesterday. And a few family members got home and like found eggs in their rims and their hubcaps and on like the back of their bumpers <laughs> and stuff like that. Some of the Easter eggs were not found and made their way back home. Impressive that they were able to, I mean, good durability, I suppose. So but, your your yeah. family's like mine, TJ. You all just hide the eggs and don't count them to know how many you have. Well, there's a ton of eggs. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be probably five. Somebody's going to be lawn mowing and roll over an egg or two for the coming months, I would imagine. There's a lot of eggs. Everybody gets eggs these days. You don't even have to work hard to find them. Although, I guess these were too hard to find because they weren't found. I, I want to do one of those where they had beers for adults to play. That, oh, that'd be fun, too. Yeah. yeah. That's, those are always cute little videos and pictures. Rash, I, I need your Haley Van Lith take. Oh, it's it's she's just going to cash in. 
That was the brunch I was at on Saturday. That was like the the waits, like the waiters and waitresses were like, they were all whispering about it, and they were like coming over the table, being like, "Did y'all hear the Haley Van Lith news?" It was like the talk of the of the of the brunch because she's one of the more popular. Like I, she was the most popular U of L athlete in the last year. I don't think there's any denying it, but like if you look at her the way that she's made money so far at UofL, it's had nothing to do with what Louisville's done. Like, the city, she's not... She, she's made good money. And Nick Coffey pointed out to me, like, she donated $30,000 to some local group. Uh, Might have been Boys and Girls Club. But, like, it's all Adidas and national ads, like, through Instagram and stuff like that. Like, you're seeing, like, random football players on, like, Planet Fitness stuff, but you're not seeing Haley Van Lith. Like, there's just not a lot of local backing from a nil standpoint. Like, I'm not seeing her. Like, she should be doing a lot of the stuff that Katie George was doing. You know, like, put her in the uh, the car dealerships, the jewel, whatever. Like, I, I just, I never understood, like, if, if the, the, the local angle from the nil perspective here is completely different than what it is in Lexington. Like, the, 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 the stuff you're seeing from UK athletes is just completely different. Whereas, like, here, it's like Planet Fitness and Adidas. And that's it. I just don't, I just don't see it from a lot of different angles. So uh, I, I think it's completely nil driven. I don't blame her. Uh, I love that uh, J Bone had the hot take that she isn't even like one of the elite Jeff Wallace players, and it's like, okay, yeah, she kind of is though. She went to a Final Four or three elite eights and was arguably the best player on all of those teams. So pretty, pretty dang good, and uh, a, a huge loss, a surprising loss for for Louisville fans. Again, she's been as marketable as any of them, regardless of where talent is or isn't, but uh, also a pretty average U of L team, which may be partially her fault or not her fault, but then when the lights were the brightest, they still went to the Elite Eight. So pretty good, pretty pretty solid player, not one that I would want to lose. That being said, UK women's basketball just has no momentum. They spend as much money as anybody recruiting and nothing, nothing to show for it, unfortunately. So that was a tough one for UofL, but I'm sure they'll probably still beat UK next year. So they, they've got at least that going for them. Yeah, Hopefully wrong about that. Yeah, yeah. A texture says, if I was Cal, I'd shop around a little bit before committing to Uganda again. I hope Oscar comes back. He is a two-time All-American, former National Player of the Year. You just don't walk away from a guy like that. Yeah, that's another interesting thing about the Uganda aspect is like, what if UK is like, you know, maybe we could get something that's a little bit more of a sure thing in a shop locker. I don't think that would happen. But I think if Uganda mm-hmm. wants to come back, UK is going to welcome them back. I think they really like the kid. Maybe some of the other people they're not crazy about, but I think they really like that guy. Uh, I do as well. Another text says, TJ, I was going to send a better text, but had minor procedure today. Everything's fine, though. Oh, that's good. Did you send any text at all? No, that was the only one. (laughs) Yeah, it was just going to be better. Oh, okay. (laughs) No can do still today. Gotcha. John here. Good morning, everyone. Hope the crew and everyone on the text line had a wonderful Easter, I guess, by some of the reports coming out. It looks like a lot of last season's roster wants to run it back for another chance at Sweet Redemption. While possibly Big O, you got to this freshman class We keep me, or with keeping Dillingham would mean bring on number nine. If this happens, I believe we will lose less than three games. Well, what do you all think? Got to go talk to you later. John, love well, the optimism. Not so losing, sure. Losing less than three games is only two or one. And, um, <laughs> or zero. I think the 2012 team, 
the 96 team, like that's that that's elite of elite. I don't know if it's that good, but it's maybe, you know, losing less than five in one seed range if they get their stuff together with this thing in Canada, which we didn't talk about much. That's going to be significant that they they found a loophole to get this team to play together as a uh, team USA and Canada. So I don't know what it means for the foreign players, but if you have everybody on board, it just makes a, a world of difference. That's going to be, that's going to be exciting. And then shout out to future UK players, DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards. They get the win for team USA in the Nike hoop summit game on Saturday night. They didn't have their best shooting performances, but did combine for 20 points. I think the leading scorer had 15. So they were right there as the scoring threats. They, I think they took it as many shots, if not more shots, than anybody on the team. Just weren't falling as consistently as they were in some other games. But uh, solid performance all around. They impressed, and they got the win. So that's that's good. So congrats to them. Another texter says, Justin could hide the eggs in a mailbox if he had a ladder. Jeez, OP, guys. That's not, that's just not nice. We all get it. We all get it. I'm short. Okay. Uh, Oh, it looked like my brother had texted in. I I would bring up to my brother. Did you lose some money on the golf course this weekend, Johnny? Oh, oh, by the way, it was, it was your brother that just texted in that mailbox text. He can't reach the mailbox either. So suck it, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny of all people to make short jokes like i guess i guess it's like me making bald jokes you know takes one to no one <laughs> yeah you just feel like you can get away with it um another person does bring this up which like i don't you don't have to play some of the replays of you all talking about wheeler last summer i'm not picking up what you say you all put down at this point once your wheeler was supposed to be an elite point guard i remember you all saying as much it, it was this time last year like we I don't want to say we got a little bit of pushback, but like we mentioned that there was some behind the scenes stuff. We, that's not Wheeler. true. We never mentioned of him being an elite point guard. Dude, I, I've been the biggest. We I've been labeled as like severe Wheeler's number one hater. So like I really like I, I have no idea what you're thinking. If you're just thinking that's like a general consensus of conversation, but I've been accused of being negative Nick because I was so anti-severe Wheeler. So like we uh, we we I think. Did, where we were wrong about Wheeler was, hey, if UK is bringing him back in kind of a similar situation to Oscar this year, so maybe we should learn from this. But if UK is bringing him back, they must not think there's going to be any issues, any chemistry stuff, any locker room stuff. If he's back, that's probably a good thing that they, they're not thinking that that's going to be an issue. Because we 100% talked about the different roles of players coming back from injury and then some people still kind of having lingering injuries and then also just the team looking a little better playing one way. Uh, we, we talked about all that. And then we were, again, once we decided that like, oh, if they're bringing them back, they must not be concerned. It must not be anything to have to worry about. Then we were like, all right, this is going to be good for Wallace to be able to grow and then he'll be able to take over the reins, which is what happened. It just, I think a lot of people just wanted Wallace to take over the reins much earlier than it, than it did, mm-hmm. and then some people think that Wallace maybe never would have taken over the reins had Wheeler not gotten hurt, and those are conversations for different days and kind of getting away from what the texter's initially talking about. But we definitely questioned the return for Wheeler. It's just I do think we probably were mistaken in the fact of like, oh, once they said that he's coming back, they must have ironed out any off-the-court issues. But then once UK started losing, stuff started happening again, and uh, it was not the best stuff 
in the world. Nope, not at all. Yeah. If only anybody had seen this coming. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show. Everybody have a great Monday. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. We'll get to the tax line. It is summer radio, but we will be previewing the back hats taking on U of L tomorrow. That'll be a lot of fun. So get the text in and be ready to rock and roll. 7 a.m. tomorrow morning. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Big Bum, bum, bum.